This is Adam from Unstoppable Actors Studio in Scotland. And this is Jared from Actors Approach in America. And together, we are two guys talking craft. A one-hour podcast where we talk about the craft of acting. Explore the various acting techniques from all the master acting teachers. And help you grow your acting skills. Two guys talking craft. Two guys talking craft. It sounds much better when Adam says it. Yeah, it does. This is Two Guys Talking Craft. Hey, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Talking Craft, episode nine. And tonight, our episode is entitled Ask Us Anything. Yes, usually, Jared and I, what we'll get up to in these sessions is that we'll pre-plan a couple of things to But tonight, we haven't actually planned a huge amount because quite often people have um, questions for us that they ask during this time. And Here's the man himself. It's Jared, everybody. He's coming in any second now to join us. Hello, yeah, everyone that's just joining us as well. You can see Good to see you all joining us tonight for our episode here. nine, Ask Us Anything. And just whilst Jared's uh, joining us, uh, he'll be back. I'll explain a little bit about our, our rationale as to why we're doing this episode tonight. We have been asked um, quite a few times um, various things throughout these previous episodes of Two Guys Talking Craft. And quite often because we're focused on one specific thing. Hey, there he is. Hey, Hey, some technical difficulties. It happens. It happens when there's there's gremlins going around in the system. Good to see it. Some very nice facial hair that's going on there, Jared. That's very nice. Like if you listen to the podcast, you're not going to be able to appreciate Jarrah's um, It would be nice help. if it was up here, but it's only down here and here. But it would be nice if it was here. It's becoming all the same. Very, very nice. If you're on Instagram Live with us right now, you can enjoy that facial hair to the fullest. <laughs> so, um, Jared, how are you doing today? Uh, good. Yeah, all good. good. You? Everything's over in Aberdeen. It's, it's fine. It's, it's good in Aberdeen. I'm glad you got the memo to wear grey today. I'm glad we are uh, yep. you know, uniformed. I think that should be a two guys talking craft thing from here on in. We get uh, a, a logo on the shirt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, cheers. Oh, cheers. Um, we are here today, Jared, to answer a number of different questions, right? I was just explaining to these guys yeah. how we're quite often in these in these times asked quite, you know, specific questions about a wealth of different things and we never get the opportunity to to answer them because we're busy focusing on that that thing that we're sharing that week so um i think it was yourself that said um that there'd be a really good opportunity to just hand it over to just answer some questions uh, today right yeah i mean i i notice it when you and i have these podcasts and we we stay on topic but there are questions that are important to some of the people that are um, attending that we just don't have the ability to get to. And then, you know, I also, I've observed this when um, I'm attending other IG live uh, acting sessions where people are asking questions that are totally off topic that are just jumped over and overlooked um, by the host, rightly so. So yeah, here's an opportunity where I've captured a bunch of questions I know you have, and then hopefully the, the folks that come in and attend, they'll be able to ask some questions. And, and I guess what we'll do is if, if people type some questions, we'll just stop what we're talking about, answer them, and then jump back to you know, the list that we have. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, even it always is interactive on two guys talking craft. We always want you to join in. Um, but even more so tonight, please jump in with anything. This is the title of this is Ask Us Anything. So, we are obligated to answer any questions, like no matter where it comes from. I mean, probably if it's in the world of acting, that would, that would be useful, people. If you, if you can go to that rather than personal questions. Uh, yeah, but that's funny. In, in my, uh, my MailChimp uh, email, when I put, put it out that we were doing this session, I said, ask us anything. And then I put in parentheses about acting, you know. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, so, you know, let's keep it on topic. But please get involved. <laughs> Actually, Jared, I'll, I'll kick off because I noticed, I think she might have joined us and welcome everybody who's just joining us into this live just now. Um, that Evelyn, just hot off the press, just before we dived into this live, asked us a question. It is um, more a career-related question rather than a, a craft-related question. Evelyn, congratulations, has got a meeting with an agent. She's uh, been meeting, and, and she wants to make sure she is prepared as possible for that experience. She was wondering if we had any advice about that. And, and, and since I've had a little chance to, to think about this just before I jumped on, on, on live, my, my initial advice to, to you, Evelyn, in that situation, quite often it can be the go-to mode to try and impress. Quite often it can be feeling like the emphasis is all on you, that you have to sell yourself, that you are the one in the spotlight. And that's a very natural place to come from 100%. But you've also definitely, definitely got to go into that meeting with the view of the, that agent is doing as much for you as you're doing for them. It's a partnership. It's, it's a team thing, you know. And equally, if there's points in that meeting where you're just spending time listening to what the agent has to say, and if there's points in that meeting where you're asking the agent questions about how they do things, then that is absolutely fine and okay. You you don't really have to feel the need to always be on point with talking yourself up or talking about your plans or what you want to do in the industry. Because actually, you don't know that agent, they might have seen something in you that you don't even know right now. Like they might see something that they can cast you in or something, some reason that they've got you in the room that you're not open to yet. And, and unless you listen to that agent's point of view and, and, and hear what they've got to say, you might miss out on that. So that, so that would be one thing that I, I guess in my initial agent meetings and stuff, I got quite overwhelmed by the fact that I need to sell myself here, but, but actually go into it with a partnership because it's much more beneficial to not get into a partnership with the agent that's going to be right for you than not having an agent. Like you'd be better off not having the agent than being stuck with an agent who isn't doing the things that you want for your career as an actor. And that's a really important thing to get right. So I guess that's my two cents on that. Any, any, any bits to add there, Jared? Yeah, I, I very much liked what you, what you had to say. And so here's some other thoughts that, that I'll add uh, to this. So the, the agent does not make money unless they sell you as the product, right? So they're earning their portion of the, the work. So look, they are fully invested in this just like you are. And you, you should have a crystal clear understanding of who you are as a product, as well as an artist. How are you going to recommend they market and advertise you in order to book more jobs. And part of that is you doing some research 
into the Rolodex of actors that they have on their book today? And where do you fit, right? If your type is very similar to many actors that they already have, their loyalty needs to lie with the actors that are already in relationship with them. So it would behoove you to do some advanced research. And I know that you could do this through IMDB Pro where you can find out the list of actors that have a relationship with different managers and agents and just do some digging to determine if you are the 500th person that looks very similar to you, it's probably unlikely that they've got room in their Rolodex to take you on. So even though you may you know, feel um, drawn to them or, or really desire this relationship, it may not be in the best interest of their current clients. So you have to be aware of that. Similarly, if you look at their Rolodex and you find that you are a niche where they don't have any or many actors that are like you, part of the conversation in terms of you as a product in the conversation with them is, here, I can help round out your Rolodex of actors because you don't have somebody that really fits who I am and what I do. So shine the spotlight on how you can help them make money, book more jobs as well. Uh, so that's that. And then the other, the other thing is be incredibly humble and flexible and malleable and agile in the, uh, in the meeting. If, you're, if you've, you're preparing a monologue or you're reading a scene and you're given feedback to adjust and try it a different way, be open to that because you're demonstrating how you are going to present yourself at an actual audition. And if you are rigid and you don't take the feedback and adjust well in the relationship meeting with the casting, uh, with the agent, then it's likely that they would assume that you would behave similarly in an actual audition and their reputation is on the line as well. So just be very fluid and professional and respectful. So those are all of my, my two, two, three, four, five cents uh, on that topic. No, excellent, excellent stuff. We wish you all the best with it, Evan. Congratulations. Yeah. I think just getting in the room is a, is a big achievement. Yeah, yeah, well done. Um, so we, we're already on the, the rip-roaring journey, the ride of questions, Jared. We've got Sonny, who has uh, piped in here to say, what do I do if I'm not getting any additions for TVs or films? What extra can I do to get more work? And I guess that is a a constant thing that plays on every actor's mind, right? Like we want to work, we want to get jobs, we want to get roles. Um, and it's a frustration, a common frustration that a lot of people feel. Um, who, who fancies going, going with this one, Jared? I feel, I feel like over here in the UK, yeah. right now when the Prime Minister does a, a COVID uh, conference thing, he, he always kind of defers to people. He's like, would you like to take this one? Or will I take this one or whatever? That's what he tends okay. to do. I feel like we're, we're like these okay. guys. I'll, uh, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll start on this one. Th thank you, uh, uh, min Prime Minister. Minister. Yeah, the Minister of uh, Entertainment. Uh, thank you. Thank there you. you go. Thank you, Dr. Kelp. <laughs> That's my son, Dr. Kelp. <laughs> okay. Um, what more can you do? Uh, take, take your career into your own hands. Write your own material, produce your own material, right? Don't rely just on uh, being selected, you know, if you go on various auditions, right? So it, you have the opportunity with so many platforms out there to create content, create material that's a bullseye for who you are and what you do. 
and you've got i mean you can film so much stuff on, on the uh the mobile phones now and you've got access to editing systems so like at, at very low cost you can collaborate with actors that you like and respect that are eager and hungry like you don't just rely on booking jobs uh that you're going on auditions create your own path create your own destiny and i i'm i'm taking my own advice right i uh i, I wrote I write plays, and I recently wrote a play, and uh, it's ready to go. So I booked a theater, I hired a director, I've got another actor, and we're in rehearsals right now. We're, you know, hopefully COVID will allow us to do it, but I'm not waiting for you know me to get cast in a play or get cast in, a, in an episode. I'm creating content for myself, and I'm going out and doing it. So that doesn't mean don't go on auditions, obviously. But while you are in that process and not booking work, create the jobs for yourself. That's that's my advice. One million percent. It's so funny you mentioned that. Like um, a very good friend of mine, I just noticed has joined the the chat under the guise of Magnum Striker, and it, it's from a very talented uh, actor named Daniel Stanton, and he is just went up. You know, like England are in lockdown right now. He has just started creating this, this uh, amazingly funny um, called Magnum Striker. He's putting it on Instagram and stuff, and he's just right. doing his thing. He's, and it's it's incredible. It's awesome. Like, and I think there's part of that, you know. And like, I guess Sonny, the only bit I add to it is quite often we can really, really focus and hone in on the end goal of getting the job, of getting the work, of getting the roles, and it sometimes comes to the detriment of being prepared and ready for when those opportunities come along. Like you can be so crystal clear focused on, I need to get an addition. I need to get an addition that you put so much energy into it. The, the time you get to the addition, you're like, hold on, I'm not actually I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not prepared, I'm not ready. So like for me as well, and it's, I know it's something that Jared is very, very passionate about. And, you know, I, I, I'm incredibly passionate about as well is making sure you're as prepared as you can be for when these situations come up. Because in a sense, yes, you can take things on your own hands. You can create work. You can do all that. But you're not in control when you're going to get that phone call of audition. And and you want to be as prepared as you can be with your skill set, with your acting technique. Keep practicing. Keep going to classes, workshops. Keep doing things towards that so that when it does happen because it will happen when you at least expect it right it would be this thing where you haven't had it for months and then you maybe have two editions in a row you want to be ready you don't want to be rusty you know like um so always keep that preparation going i'd say yeah i love it um okay i'm gonna read one that just came in from uh nick stephan brown in your early days of your career, before you have many credits or any reputation, do you think it's beneficial to be the best, quote unquote, you in a casting sense or be more diverse and show range? I've got thoughts, but hey, why don't I, I'll be the, uh, the Minister of uh, Entertainment and, and defer to you. What, what's your thought on it? Yeah, thanks very much, Nick, for the question. I think it's a great question that a lot, a lot of people um, have as well. Like, in my honest opinion, if I'm coming from a UK industry point of view, and I don't know where you're based, Nick, it's certainly over here much more beneficial to be going in with the best version of, of you and what you can do, right? Like, um, for me, uh, yeah, I might land the odd audition in the odd sort of role where I'm required to put on an accent or, or, or whatever. But the majority of the additions I was go going up for early on in my career was Scottish-based 
<laughs> so was, that was that was it, you know. So in a sense, while well, I had to accept that, you know, like that is how I'm seen in this industry, and certainly over here, and Jared, you can type in from a, a US point of view. Certainly over here, it is that if you're starting out, it's like, what can you bring to this this industry? What what is unique about you? What is the thing that, that why are people going to be interested in you? And and to a certain extent, there's no getting around from how you look, how you sound and stuff like that. And I think it's something to embrace, right? Like the, nobody is quite like you, Like you are unique. Um, and albeit you might be from the North of England, you might be from Glasgow or whatever. He says he's from uh, Manchester. He's from Manchester. Okay, fantastic. So there's no getting around that, that you're from Manchester, right? But like um, from that, starting to refine what kind of roles you feel you'd be suited towards. I, I had a guy... Um, on one of um, my Instagram lives recently, Darren Tassel, he, he was like, he's from Bermondsey, he's from London, he's been acting for like three years, and he's picked up quite a bit of momentum over this past three years just for going for like harder, sort of tougher yeah, role. Tough like, he was like, I'm, I'm not going to go for like Richard II in Shakespeare production, right? Like, because the industry, they, they see me as a certain thing, and I, I just accept and embrace that. But then, of course, this sounds all very clinical and stuff. I think there is a place, you know, for reaching and stretching out and showing what else you can do as well. But just know that that's probably going to be a lot of the industry that they come back to. Um, Jared, what, what's your thoughts? Well, the, my first question to to Nick is: are, Do you uh, do you support uh, Man City or Man United? Because this <laughs> will then influence how how I share with you. So, uh, <laughs> I've got my loyalties. Um, Nick, look, the, the truth is, uh, Adam is 100% correct. It, it's at the beginning of your career, it's all about you. You are you are the product. And the more authentically you, you can be, the more work you're going to get as you. All of the established actors that have the ability to play these incredible roles, these diverse roles that are far from who they are um, at a core, they all started with the same place, authentically being themselves. So trust that you are enough. You are unique enough to book work as yourself and bring the character to life through your experiences, through your point of view, through, through your lens. And then look, like I mentioned before, if you want to go stretch and, and do some other work, yeah, go audition for a local community theater show and, and try out some stuff that you know you might ne not necessarily get booked for, right? Uh, create your own work to create characters. Have in um, your monologue repertoire um, a few monologues that are authentically you and a few that are character uh, options so that if you're given the opportunity to share a little bit more, a little bit wider and deeper than uh, who you are at your core, you'll be ready uh, and able to share that. But yeah, just, just trust that you, you, there's no, there is no other Nick Stephen Brown in the world. There may be a name, but there's nobody exactly like you. So you as the product, you as the actor are enough. Great. And, and I guess the only uh, other thing that came to my head there was, I guess, Nick, you know, the, the, the place of kind of exploring other accents, diversity range, I guess there's a little bit more leeway in the theatre world, like certainly in the UK, to go up for roles that maybe do slightly push you into something that's not quite you. But TV and film tends to be a little bit more clinical with like, OK, this is who you are, you know, like... Uh, that's, that's part of the reason why I, I love theatre so much is that you get to explore really yeah. diverse roles and uh, a diverse range. 
Um, no allegiances from Nick on the football there. He's just told us. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, Nick. Fair enough. Hope that was helpful for you, buddy. And uh, yeah, just keep the questions coming, guys. Like we are, this is our Ask Us Anything session if you've just joined us. So feel it's free. Been, anything, uh, all career questions, though, yeah? So far, career, you know, career questions. Sure, yeah. We've had a lot of that so far. So I guess, Jerry, we've probably come to a, a point where we can start drawing upon some questions we've been asked out with this live session as well and why don't we go for something that's a bit more craft and technique based how about that good yeah sure um so the the first one that came in for me is around the topic of emotional preparation um how do you do it you know how do you do emotional preparation what is the process that an actor should go through to authentically entice the emotions that you desire for the actual moment, right? And we, we've talked before about an emotion is not something that you work for. It's something that you attain through an experience. And a lot of actors that try to get to the feeling, I want to be sad, I want to be mad, I want to be happy. They're trying to manifest this emotion, this result and they don't work a process, any, any process. They don't work a process. And then that emotion is always so elusive. They just can never attain it. And it's because they're working for the result, not the process that brings the result out. So uh, I'm just I'm curious. I'll ask you the question, and then I'll share mine. Um, let's say you needed to be um, enraged. What's your process today? in order to be able to walk through the door in a state of rage? What would you do? Sure. Um, and it maybe feels like quite a non-committal answer, but I actually think it is very different, the techniques that I use depending on what the play is, what the circumstances. There's, there's no one set thing that I'd, I'd use again and again and again. But if I, if I wanted to pick, pick really, one or two, yeah, pick one or two that, you know, that, yeah, that yeah. work for you. Um, yeah, if I wanted to get really quite angry, I mean, first of all, I'd really get clear in my head, like, well, what specifically am I trying to communicate in that scene? And I'd try to, through the lens of the character, gain some empathy as to where they're coming from. Like, why are they feeling the, this anger? Why is this, they feeling this enragement? And then from there, I would probably try to align with some kind of experience like that I, I've had in my life previously that, that, that could hit the specificity. Like, like it's not enough just to be like, this guy's angry. When was I angry in my life? Like, like I want to hit like really specifically, why are they going into the scene with this level of rage and anger? Where's it coming from? Because it's always coming from a deeper point within. And if I, and if I can tug at my heart a little bit and being like... <clears throat> I've been in that situation. I've I've felt that, or I've experienced somebody being like that sort of thing. Like I naturally sort of let that bleed into me, you know. You know, I'd sort of let that swim around me a little bit. Um, then from there, once it's starting to swim around me, then I started letting me feel it physically. I start to feel this physical sort of change within my body once it's swimming around the surface, and then from there I'm starting to probably get quite worked up and then, and then I want to sort of bellow the flames and ignite it more and more and more uh, to the point where I'm probably pacing around the place before I walk into the scene I'm probably getting quite worked up with the energy so that when I can walk into the scene I can let all that be under the surface I can let it all happen and bubble bubble through 
um, because I, I got in the state of sort of building it up. I, I hope that <laughs> that was a helpful explanation. I was kind of anecdotally telling you there. Yeah. And what, what I took away from that is you look at the given imaginary circumstances, you try to align that to something reasonably similar to your personal life experiences, and then you sort of meld reliving, re-experiencing things that happened in your past with the imaginary circumstances. And once they're enmeshed, you sort of get on stage and, and allow the give and take between you and the other actor to continue to uh, help it rise. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I mean, that, that is a absolute valid approach. It's actually a combination of both Strasberg side and Meisner side of emotional preparation where on the Strasberg method side, you're, you're talking about reliving, re-experiencing through your senses a, an actual past event in your life. And by taking time to recreate it sensorily, your body responds. So you're talking about doing that as a piece of it and then marrying it with using more uh, Meisner and Stella Adler imagination-based work, which is uh, what's going on in the imaginary circumstances of the script how do they affect me and how would I react as the character? What if scenarios? And you sort of allow the, I don't know, it's like you're on the on-ramp of emotional life from your personal experience. And then you get on the highway of the, uh, of the play, you know, the imaginary circumstances of the play and you allow yourself to get kickstarted emotionally from you, but then sustained through the, the play. And so I'm mean, looking, it's a, a beautiful example of, how and why there's no one answer to a question like this, right? It's, it's absolutely personal. People use movement. Uh, maybe I've asked this question before. You know, do you punch the wall to get yourself angry or do you punch the wall because you are angry? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. <laughs> you know, like, what does it matter, right? So if I, if I punch the wall again and again, and obviously don't hurt yourself, but if I can work from the outside in by punching, uh, punching the pillow, punching the wall, whatever it is, punching, just like a psychological gesture with Chekhov, the punching, and that movement triggers something naturally inside of me that's a beautiful thing, right? I, I don't need to punch because I'm angry. I can punch to get myself angry. It doesn't matter. Whatever works for you is what you should do. Well, million percent. And it's a completely personal, unique thing. And it's so, it's so funny you say about the punching wall thing. So I, I do a, I haven't seen it in years actually, but I have a friend who, you know, I did quite a bit of acting with, went to drama school with. He, that's what he'd do to get in a state of anger. He'd be punching stuff. Like punching that, stuff, that was yeah. his, his thing. And like, it was like, it seemed quite extreme and quite, yeah. either work for him, give him a sore hand, <laughs> maybe pick something that doesn't hurt your hand. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so Nick posed another question, and I have a very specific answer to this question. Um, so he, he wrote, uh, for things like anger or panic, do you find things like making yourself hyperventilate work? I found that that gets my blood pumping. So he's talking about physiologically doing something, breathing, hyperventilating, in order to trigger your body's physiology to respond that very closely aligns with the emotion that you desire. So there's a, a gentleman named Charles Yellinger who taught a gentleman named Don Richardson, who is in the group theater, who then um, 
his name is uh, eluding me. I'm gonna hold on. Talk for a second. I need to go do a yeah, yeah, look sure, sure. Look at it. Like, um, and and we'll get right back to that, Nick. It's just worth saying yeah. whilst Jared is looking this up. If you have just joined us on uh, our Instagram live this evening, then this is our Ask Us Anything session. So you're welcome to ask us anything of any shape or form. Usually Jared and I will share two or more craft techniques for you guys to join in with and take away for your own acting toolkits. But this evening we're leaving it open to a wide feast. So just anything that might be in your head from career stuff to skill stuff, technique stuff, throw it at us and we will answer it to the best of our abilities. We'd be happy to. I'm, I'm struggling to just recall the guy's name and I'll get it. He's a teacher in LA that was taught by Don Richardson. But there's a, there's a process. Heller, Brad Heller. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, Charles Yellinger down to Don Richardson to Brad Heller. There's a, a very specific technique. So uh, part of Brad's system, and you can study with him online and, uh, and I have, and he's, he's, a, he's an incredible teacher. So there's a physiological response and in general, your body, regardless of what the emotion is, tends to react in a very specific way. So if I hyperventilate and I say the word joy, 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 and I put my body and my eyes and, and my state into the desired emotion, I will point my emotions in the desired emotional state. Similarly, if I hyperventilate and I say panic or rage or love or fear or whatever it is, we can connect the physical, whatever emotion that you're feeling at a heightened level, your breathing changes, your blood boils, all this, all it happens. Just connect your mind and your body and your breathing and point it in the right direction. Yes, you can manifest emotions by physiologically hyperventilating, breathing, moving, thinking, imaging in order to trigger your emotions. So yeah, uh, I recommend re reading Charles Yellinger's book, Don Richardson's book, and then look for Brad Heller. Absolutely. It goes part and parcel in real life, right? Like, like I was hearing the other day, you know, we get ourselves in such physical states when we hit these emotions in real life that there's no talking us down. Like, we're in that state. Yeah. Like, it's such a physiological thing that once we've, once we've hit it, like, there's no coming back right you know like you need to just give the person some space to calm themselves down or whatever it is. so yeah it makes sense right coming at it from a physiological point of view of the breath or you know like it will have that emotional effect like definitely and and, and then i guess it's just you do have that obligation of communicating <laughs> the, the the lines that you have as well which always needs to be taken into consideration as well yeah. right if you're in a state where you're like <laughs> you've overdone it <laughs> and you're not able to see your lines it's, 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 you know, there's um there's also a technique called the alba alba technique uh susanna block from i think argentina is I, I believe the creator of it. Um, Patricia Angelin teaches it in the States. And part of the ALBA technique is breathing patterns, body position, and eye position that are directly connected to specific emotions. So we know that uh, if I breathe in and out like a bull through my nose, while my body is forward and my eyes are peering, <laughs> Something in my body recognizes that as confrontation and anger. I don't need to do much. My body knows these breathing patterns, this body position and these eye positions 
are directly linked to specific emotions. Whereas if I tilt my head sort of, maybe Adam, you try this, just tilt your head sort of slightly to the side and put a gentle smile on your face and just breathe in through your nose, in and out, just smooth. There's no way that you can feel enraged or confrontational right now because your body recognizes that as tenderness and love, right? Mm. And there's, there's a feeling of connectedness and warmth. So similar to what, um, what Nick was talking about, hyperventilating to get to you know, uh, a, a heightened state of emotion, we can use body position, breathing patterns, and eye positioning as well to help us launch into a given emotion. Jared, that is a wealth of gold there. Like, I hope people are taking notes of those names, um, and I hope people will explore. Nick, great question. Keep it coming, like, Nick. Yeah, yeah. And um, hey, Jared, already, we're only 30 minutes into our chat. We've we spoken. one question that we prepared. Why don't you read a question from your list? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So we've been on a journey uh, tonight with our questions, right? We've had agents, we've had breath. We've, who knows where, where our journey will take us next? Um I think I think I might jump into this one. Um, so this one, I, I I'm constantly looking ahead to all I want to do as an actor, and I find it very stressful. There's kind of two parts to this question. I'm all also always feeling left behind and disheartened by other people's achievements around me. Do you have any advice? So I guess the first part of that question being that this person's always looking ahead to what they want to do and they feel it's constantly like a stress, try to keep up with all the things that they want to do. And then the second part is that they feel looking around them at everybody's achievements. It's just, it weighs down on them like a lead balloon. Yeah. Oh, that person's doing that and I'm not doing it. So, so I guess we can break it apart in two, two parts. I mean, the, the first part of this for me is it's a healthy thing to look ahead to what you want to do as an actor. Like to make plans is a very, very, good thing to be ambitious and to want to grow and to want to learn are all very very good things and actually if you're feeling in that state of discomfort and feeling in that state like oh, i'm not quite sure where this is going to go like it can be quite a good thing however it can get overwhelming if you try to chomp off too many things at once at one time and i think what eventually happens is you try to do too many things like i want to be i don't know I want to do voice acting. I want to um, be in Shakespeare plays. I want to be in movies. I want to do that. Like, if you have too many things going on at once, then you might be guilty of not giving your full attention to just one thing that you can do really, really well, or a couple of things you can do really, really well. And, and I guess what the advice in that first part of the question would be is get super specific as to where you want to be maybe in the next three years or maybe in the next five years. And then from there, work your way back and be like, these are my long-term goals. These are my mid-term goals. These are my short-term goals. These are the things that I can achieve in a week. These are the things I can do in a month. These are the things that I want to do years from now. And try and break up into manageable steps for yourself so you can. You have more um, chance of succeeding on the journey. Because it is. <laughs> That's what we always go back to, Jared, right? It is a journey. You've got to love the journey that you're in as an actor. And, and then you can learn to embrace each and every day rather than always thinking about the end goal and the position you want to be in. And then just real quick on the, the second part of the question is being disheartened by other people's achievements. How I visualize this, because I guess when I was early on in my career, I used to look around at Scottish actors that were doing things that I wanted to do. 
and getting quite disheartened by that. But then I switched my thinking and started to think, well, what belongs to them, like, doesn't belong to me. Like, that is their thing. They have ownership of that thing. And even though I admire that and I, I quite like that, that, that's theirs. And I've got to appreciate what is for me is for me and what is for them is for them. And like, actually, by turning that energy into being, I'm happy for them and I'm delighted for them and I'm positive for them and I'm, you know, having that sort of more positive outlook on it, it'll probably serve me better as a person. It'll make me a nicer person to be around rather than bitching and moaning, oh, look at this person that's got this job and stuff like that. And I guess it might sort of transform the whole outlook that I, that I have on these things uh, for, for the better. So I guess that's my two cents on, on those ones there, Jared. I'm, I've been taking notes and stuff because you're saying things that are sparking some um, some thoughts. Um, the first is uh, I was listening to an audio recording from um, master teacher Michael Chekhov. Um, he gave some lectures in, I'm going to assume it was like the 50s or the 60s. And one of the things he said was um, that he had read somewhere that Leonardo da Vinci and Raphael, they, they, would, they would curse God. They, he would say, they would say, God, stop inspiring me so much. You know, I, there's not enough time in the day to do everything that I have this passion for. Stop inspiring me, right? It just reminded me of like, you know, if you are misfocused, if you have so many things that you want to accomplish and you're not focused on um, certain paths, yeah, you, you could feel like you're falling behind because you're not dedicating enough time and energy and focus on that one thing. So find the things that you're most passionate about and stay focused is the first thing. Uh, the second thing I wrote down is, um, I just looked up her name on Instagram. So uh, Amy Coots, uh, the, the, user, the user ID um, is ITS, it's underscore Amy Coots, A-M-Y-C-O-U-T-T-S, no relationship to Adam. But it, Amy works with actors through hypnosis to transform your emotional and mental state. And she customizes audio recordings in order to help you overcome these self-imposed obstacles. So something very actionable and tangible that you could do to help you move past this feeling of negativity of they're accomplishing more than me, I'm not good enough. Maybe you need a, um, an actual tool to help you with that. And, and Amy Coots is a wonderful resource to, uh, to reach out to for that. Um, I think um, the last thing I'll say is when you're feeling cruddy and feeling less than and depressed about that your career is not going the way you want and other people are getting more bookings than you, don't let those feelings go by without exploring them, sense memorizing them, emotion memorizing them and putting that feeling that you're feeling into work. Don't just let it stew, use it for your craft. This is a moment of time and a personal experience that you can come back to later on should you be playing a role of somebody who is feeling less than. And if you are in feeling, don't just keep it all contained, pick up a monologue and just put that emotion into the work. Be creative with it, use it, make it your own so that if you ever need to go back to it to use it, it's something that is very much real for you. So it's not wasted energy. There's value Great. in it. Great advice. That's lovely. Wonderful. 
Um, excellent, Jared. I think will we go to a craft technique question next? Uh, one that maybe. Okay. I got I got one that you're gonna love. Sure. What is the real purpose of the Meisner repetition exercise? Why do we repeat, you have blue eyes, you have blue eyes, you have blue eyes? What's the purpose? Why do we repeat? Yeah, sure. Um, great. Uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to get, get started on this one. You can, you, can, you can jump in. So it's interesting, you know, I always feel when I introduce the Meisner repetition exercise to somebody who's brand new to it, that I'm asking them to do some sort of cultish activity, that they're doing some sort of strange, uh, yeah, um, like out there thing, and and then I always feel I have to, yeah, yeah. Um, I always feel I have to explain to them that you know there is there is purpose behind this, but you you have to embrace it and you have to go with it, and you have to explore it. You have to look beyond the surface level of why am I staring at somebody repeating stuff back and forth? This is like you know, like you have to go with it and you have to dig in deep with it to begin to feel the benefits, and actually all those negative thoughts that or connotations that you're having at a surface level of why am I doing this with this other person right now is you starting to make the first moves into actually getting the benefits from this exercise because you're moving from the ego, from um, you getting in the way of your own acting into the place where you're starting to give yourself over to the other person. I, I, I kind of feel like this is almost the last moment that people cling on to and wrestle to of what's the point in this? Why am I, why am I doing this? Before they realize, well, actually, well, hold on. Like, I'm doing this and I might as well get, get benefit from this and I might as well give myself over to this other person I'm doing this with. And then what they start to do is they shift their attention from them and their perception of an exercise to the exercise. And what they start to see is the person in front of them. And what they start to see is that they've affected that person in front of them in some way. And that, oh, hold on a second, I'm actually listening to this person. Like, I'm no longer just like, in my head, doing an exercise with this actor. No, I'm, I've actually just listened to them. And wait, all, all I have to do is respond to them and sort of figure out how that makes me feel. And then they go back. And then they go forth again. And then they go back. And then, Hopefully, what it is 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 like batting practice. It's, it's it's like something that gets so ingrained and default for you as an actor that eventually you're just walking into a scene and you're in this beautiful dance of responding, taking it taking it on board, seeing how you've affected that person, responding to it, affecting that person, and, and listening and responding in a beautiful, beautiful way. But it takes effort and it takes time and it can't be done in five minutes and i i always have this discussion with people jared when it comes to the Meisner repetition thing oh yeah i did i did it once and it was like it was weird i was like well you did it once, once. like <laughs> it once. you didn't go to the level of depth that and i think like sometimes you know we can be guilty of wanting these instantaneous payoffs with with something right but it's definitely not one you get that instantaneous payoff you have to roll with it so Sorry, that's my. <laughs> yeah, so I'm getting I, off. I agree. I'm getting off of it. <laughs> huh. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think our our origin story starts with Meisner. Both of us, uh, unbeknownst to me, when I I went to a performing arts high school, and unbeknownst to me, I was learning Meisner without it being labeled 
um, as Meisner and, until it was revealed what we were doing. Um, so Meisner said, uh, actors don't listen, actors judge themselves, and actors think too much. And so the antidote to those three problems that prevent you from being present and connected is the repetition exercise. By default, if you listen and respond and you put all of your attention on the other person and you don't do anything unless the other person impels that in you, what you do doesn't depend on you, it depends upon the other person. It forces you to listen, it forces you to get out of your head, to stop thinking, to stop judging. And what it gives you is a, a foundation upon which human connection can happen. And the basis of all acting is truthful human connection. And so this banter back and forth of blue shirt, blue shirt, blue shirt, it proves that it's not about the words because it evolves. And you ultimately get down into how the other person is making you feel and how in turn that feeling is affecting the other person. And so it really is, it's a human connection exercise to create a foundation of trust between two people. Absolutely. And, and, and it always comes back to, you know, the actors and people say it's like, you know, it's like they don't know what's coming next. It's like it's, it's unpredictable, but it's because what? they genuinely don't, they right? Don't. <laughs> they don't know what's coming next because they're genuinely listening and responding to the person next to them. What a beautiful thing as an actor to know that when you feel lost, that when you feel stuck in your own head, you can always just bring yourself over to that other person, the attention over to the other person and let them affect you and not worry about any of that stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah if, you're, if you're feeling disconnected while you're performing, the easiest thing to do to get you back into the given circumstances is just focus all of your attention on the other person. Just put your attention and energy there and just allow yourself to be affected and drawn back in to the imaginary circumstances of the script. Amazing. And Jared, it's, it's just coming to my head. <clears throat> started to tell this story, I think, in our first ever episode of Two Guys Talking Craft about the worst Meisner experience you had. I think it had to do with the repetition exercise, right? Where, where the guy came out with a printout. Is that, I'm in the ballpark here. Um, I, I just feel like you, you got cut off by Instagram that day. Oh, it yeah, I did. I remember, yeah, I was up on the balcony in, in Atlantic City. Yeah, I went and took a class with a guy who claimed to have studied with Meisner and Strasberg and Stella Adler, which was why I chose to go there. And it wasn't what it was advertised to be. <clears throat> and in the teaching of the, uh, the repetition exercise, what, what he had done was he made a photocopy of a repetition exercise that's inside Meisner's book. And he made two copies and the one person's lines were highlighted in yellow. The other person's lines were highlighted in pink and the scripts were handed out to each other. We were told to read these lines back and forth to each other from the, from the book and then, and, and did it. And then we're told, no, that's not how you do it. Say it this way. And I immediately, I, like, I, and I had, I'd studied Meisner in New York and LA and, and a lot. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, a lot of years I've studied Meisner and that is, that's anti-Meisner. And I, I lost my mind. I, be, I became the most belligerent student. I mean, so inappropriate, I, but I, I lost my mind. 
But this is it. I, I completely <laughs> lost it. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you this. When I need to be enraged, <laughs> I, I, I have used that experience and an imaginary dialogue with the teacher many times to facilitate an emotion of rage in me. Yeah. So sure. I, I benefited from it. Yeah, but this is this is the thing, right? It's just um, how these things can be misinterpreted, right? Because they, you know, he's no longer living; he's no longer with us to sort of stick up for himself. Yeah. A lot of these techniques and a lot of these practitioners, it grows arms and legs and it grows branches to the point where you do get that question: What is the purpose of the repetition technique? Because people go in at a, at a superficial level, they're like, right, great, we've done that, and like they don't dive deep into the the actual gold that, that, that's underneath, right? Yeah, um, sure. No, I'm fine. I'm going to jump in with one, Jared. I, I probably get asked, like, the most often through Unstoppable Active Studio. This is one that sort of rears its head, you know, every, every couple of weeks. And I, and I think it's a perfectly fine question. And I think anybody at this stage, you know, in their acting journey has this as a valid question. And it's as simple as this. I want to be an actor. But I've got no experience. How do I get started? And I think it's a perfectly valid question to ask because we've all been there at a stage where we've got no connections, where we've had no experience whatsoever. All we maybe have is a slight inkling that we want to explore being an actor, you know? But for me, I'm like, wow, how exciting, you know, a path you're about to walk on and about about to adventure in, right? And and I think it's, you know, it's a you need to get specific. Are you passionate enough that you want to go in and dive in at the deep end and this, you know, is going to be a major thing in your life? Do you want to tip your dip your toe in the water and ju and just get a little taste for it? Right? And and I think it's important to delineate between those two thoughts to start with because Sometimes when I'm when I'm messaging people back and forth on this one, they'll jump to like, well, I want to be on Netflix, I want to be on Marvel films, I want to do, and, and I'm like, well, let's, let's let's take a step back a little bit. If you genuinely want those things, then there's going to be a big process that you have, to go and and you're going to have to understand that. Well, first of all, you, you you're going to have to get some form of experience. You're going to have to go out there and like start at the the very bottom, right? Like you aren't going to be going from, in my head, wanting to be an actor to star in a Marvel film. Like, let's, let's break up the the steps a little bit here. So get experience in your, your local area first would be a great, great start. Start reading books by the greatest acting practitioners around. Start watching, you know, YouTube videos and, and try to engage in workshops and stuff. And start to feel like, you know, I'm starting to build a bit of my, my craft. From there, if you're genuinely serious about moving into professional acting work, then you're probably going to need to go on some prolonged amount of training at some point. I'm not saying you have to go to a, a drama school or, or anything like that, but you need to commit to some kind of level of training for for your craft, I'd say. You know, not, even if it's not in a formal way, even if it's in formal classes that you're you're taking and, and, and going for, and then start to see as you build up your experience and technique, then see, okay, Am I in a place where I can realistically and feasibly start searching and seeking out work? If you just want to dip your toe in the water and see and have it as a hobby, then, then just dive in and do it. But I always go back to the, the same thing. How do I get started? 
you get started, you do it. <laughs> you know, you stop talking about it, you stop having it as an idea, and you start making steps towards it. And if you make consistent steps day in, day out, and even if it's just by 1% each day, you'll be so surprised where you are in a month, in two months, in six months. But if you keep it as a secret idea that you don't want to share with anybody, then that's what it's going to be for 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 years. So you've got to start taking action and, and, and making steps somehow because otherwise it's going to be a regret or it's going to be this thing that you think, what if, you know, what if I, I tried this? So I guess that's that's my, yeah, ideas on that one, Jared. How does somebody get started as an actor with no experience? Well, so you, you posed the question, um, I want to be an actor, right? And I, I refuse to engage in that. That question makes me angry, and I, I refuse to because it's an illogical. It's an illogical question. Um, I, I, I want to be an act. We're reading Declan Donlan's uh, book again, The Actor and the Target, and we, we're all actors. We act. We act every day, right? Sure. We act at work. We act in, in our relationships. We, we act, right? We, we are all actors. I want to be an actor is not a, a question, right? I want I want to be famous, right? Um, I want to study the craft of acting. How do I do that? Uh, I want to make a living as a working actor. How do I do that? Those are questions that I'll, I'll happily engage in. But I want to be an actor. That's nonsense. I want to be. It's it's an illogical question. Um, I want to study the craft of acting because I have a passion for it. Okay, great. What kind of acting are you talking about? Theater, TV, film? Do you want to become a mime? Do you want to be a street performer? Like, what, what is it that you actually want? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? You can't just be an actor. I want to be an actor. It, yeah, it, it, it makes me really upset. Uh, sure. I want, to, I want to earn a living. I want my profession to be acting. I want to earn a living as a working actor. Okay, I'll engage in that conversation. And everything that you talked about, defining what it means to you, right? What kind of acting are you drawn to? And then from there, you could build a plan of learning how to do it. Uh, I want to be a chef. Okay, I'm going to go open up a, a restaurant tomorrow because I know, how to, I, I know how to make a salad. I'm going to fail. The business is going to go out of, out of business, right? I got to study. I got to go to school. I got, I got to wash dishes. I got to apprentice. I have to be a line cook. I need to be a sous chef. I have to learn the craft and the art of becoming a chef. I can't just be a chef just because I open up a restaurant. Yeah. It makes me the, angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's a, it's a valid thing, right? There are no shortcuts. People are quite often, I guess, in the social media environment, advertised shortcuts, ways to um, get to the end goal in a quick way. And, and the answer is that, you know, that's a yeah. waste of your time. You even, um, you know, taking on that thought as, 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 a, as an option is, is wasting your time. And it is. It's the answer, wasting my time. It's, it's commitment. It's long term. It's consistency. It's showing up each and every day. And always looking to grow, like, and there's no other answer, right? Like, you, you can't start at the end goal. And, and you're right, you know, you wouldn't have a brain surgeon. You know, somebody wanting to, I, I want to be a brain surgeon. I'm going to operate in a brain. Like, I mean, I've watched, I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to be able to operate on your heart and on your brain. No problem. <laughs>
This is it. It's um, but with any skill in life, you, you need to acquire the skill and uh, go study. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, and sometimes that. you need to set up your life in a way that gives you the ability to do it. Right? Maybe you got to go go work and and uh, you know be a, a, a an Uber driver or a dishwasher or whatever to earn money to be able to set yourself up to be able to pay for classes. Go on YouTube. You know, there's there's a ton of stuff out there that you can start learning. Take online classes now. You know, enroll. Go to a community theater and go audition and be in the chorus. Stand in the background and learn how to dance. Learn learn how to come on stage and smile. You know, learn sure. off the job. And, and and I guess like this this question as well. Like the very fact that you know somebody might have taken the steps to ask the question, right? It's yeah, I don't disrespectful. It's just pure, it just, it, yeah. But they haven't, in a sense, admitted to themselves in a public, albeit through a message, that they want to do it. You know, they, they've moved it beyond just like their heads into making a step, which is, yeah. you know, that's good. I would rather a- them ask the question, though, I want to be famous. What have I got to do? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I want to make a ton of money and star in major motion pictures. What have I got to do? Yeah, you've got to be specific, right? Because yeah. it's 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 so competitive as well, you know. If you if you don't know, nobody's going to hold your hand to help you get there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the big. Thing. So cool. I, I have you know five more questions, but we're not going to get to them because we only have four four more minutes left. So maybe we'll table we'll table this and we'll say uh, ask us anything. Part two will come someday in the future. Part two, yeah, absolutely. So Jared, another exciting news. Yes. We've got a two guys talking craft jingle, uh, right? Which my daughter eviscerated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. Yeah, we're trying to create a jingle. Look, I liked it, but. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Guys, if we played you this jingle, you'd love it. You'd absolutely love it. Jan's daughter, what's going on? I'm glad she's she tuning in with her notepad taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> but, she, she sent me that text and eviscerated me and my son called me up he says hey Jared, he, he says hey, hey daddy you okay yeah. <laughs> to rip your new one I just want to make sure you're okay <laughs> just guys, wait until you hear this jingle <laughs> you, will, you will absolutely love it um so jared we'll we'll be back in two weeks time um in the meantime in between and these next two weeks where can these good people find you if they wanted to Look around out there. For uh, on Instagram, obviously, and then on my website, uh, actorsapproach.com. But uh, yeah, find, find me here on Instagram. DM me, message me. Uh, let me know what questions we can continue answering for you. Love, I love getting the other messages and connecting with everybody. Absolutely. And how about and then, you? What about you? Yeah, well, never forget, first and foremost, you know, you can always connect with me. Uh, Two guys talking craft on Instagram now as well, yeah. and our anchor um, podcast site has the previous seven episodes at the moment. We'll be <laughs> we'll be updating that very very soon, and um, you can get us on Spotify. Listen to us there, and yeah, obviously you can grab Unstoppable Wagon Studio on here or on Twitter. That tends to be where I hang around. Um, but thank you very much for joining us and all of your wonderful questions tonight. Um, Jared, any pa- parting words before we head off into the, I was going to say night, but afternoon for you. Stay safe, stay creative. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent words. Right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Until next time, 
We'll be back next time with some craft technique tools that we're going to share, right, Jared? That's the plan. Yes. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Nick. Thank you very much, my man. Thank hey, you. Adam, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> you, appreciate, you appreciate me? I appreciate you. <laughs> you appreciate me. <laughs> Why are we doing repetition? It's just in our blood. It's just in our blood, Jared. Right. <laughs> Tati bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.